This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Put it this way. Here's what we talked about this morning. You ask us, do you want to make the playoffs? That's just it's a pretty simple question. You're, regardless of what you say, your body actions, your play dictates how badly you want to make the playoffs. It's how that's what decides if you how you play will dictate how badly do you want to make the playoffs. That's what it comes down to. We talked about that this morning. So analytics and take all that stuff aside. Um, you're, you're, how hard you play the game and playing the right way, every shift will dictate how badly you want to make the playoffs. Matt from head coach of the Winnipeg Jets and his pregame availability uh, just moments ago, that coming down. Um, interesting comments from the head coach. Uh, do you guys care? Do you want to get in the playoffs? Do you have the body language of guys who are ready to fight to find their way and hold on to that final playoff spot in the Western Conference? It's an interesting comment, Cam, because that's what we heard yesterday from a lot of fans. That's what when I opened the phone calls on the show after this, yeah, I uh, said like some urgency. I didn't watch the Calgary Flames game in LA when they got blown out last night, but I watched the second and third period on Saturday versus Dallas. And Calgary's got a lot of issues in their system and yeah. how they're playing, but there was urgency in there. You could tell that those guys were fighting for something. And I, I think that's what he's referencing there. The first four minutes against St. Louis, they look like a hockey team. And then after that, I mean, Paul Friesen of the Sun asked Mason Appleton weeks ago, where was the pushback when they were losing? And he said, it's mm-hmm. not like we're not pushing back. But then he paused and said, but to your point, like it wasn't a very much of a pushback. And, yeah. and I think that that's what a lot of fans are looking for too. And that's what the coach is looking for. Are you going to mope around or are you going to fight for stuff? 11, you want yeah. to get in. 11 games left here for the Winnipeg Jets. And coming into town, the Arizona Coyotes. Pre-game gets going at 5 o'clock. Puck drop at Red 7. Red Hot Yotes. Red Hot Yotes playing the best hockey of the year right now. They're on an eight-game point streak, four-game winning streak. They've got six wins uh, in their last seven. Uh, six wins in a row at Mullet Arena as well. Uh, to help uh, take a look at this game, Bob Heathouse is joining us. Coyotes play-by-play man. Bob, hey, how's it going? Pretty good, uh, Cameron Jim. Great to join you today. Thank you. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's yeah, my great pleasure. To have you. My pleasure, uh, Bob. Um, I I was really impressed with the Coyotes. I was listening to some of their post game comments um, uh, over the last little bit, and the word "fun" kept coming up. This was a word that kept getting thrown around by a lot of the players. I heard it from Dawson Krause. I heard it uh, from other members uh, of the team as well that they're enjoying coming to the rink. They're having a lot of fun playing hockey here, and I, I'm I'm really impressed with, with 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 this team and where they are in the season and the kind of season they've had, the kind of season they knew they were coming into, and knew what was going to be happening at the trade deadline, and for for them to have that sort of positive attitude and and, and that sort of mentality, I I was like, you know what, good on those guys, and and I I wish them the best. I I don't want them to win tonight. I mean, I'm just that's my buy showing here um, against yeah. the Winnipeg Jets. But like, listen, I, I'm I'm impressed with their attitude, and, and 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 it seems like they're a real tight knit group. Well, they are, you know, and it really starts with their head coach Andre Turney. He's done a, a remarkable job coming in uh, last season, and obviously this is the second season coming into a rebuild uh, last year, knowing what he's getting into. A, a, a guy who's had so much success at the junior level, major Canadian junior level, and at the international level for Team Canada. 
the perfect individual to, to lead this uh, franchise on the ice right now from behind the bench during the rebuild. And, you know, obviously it wasn't supposed to go this way. You know, when you look at uh, the Coyotes going into the season, um, they were in year two of a rebuild on paper. Their roster did not look strong, but uh, they're a team that, uh, like you just said, you know, they have fun together. They play for one another. They really are well coached, well motivated. And uh, several players have, have had, career years and it's it's a two-edged sword certainly you know with Connor Bedard as the as the the big prize and and Fantilli after him and Carlson you know the the top three great uh, prospects coming in the draft obviously Bedard heads and shoulders above the rest you know this was a year the Coyotes felt that they would be in contention for you know that top spot and who knows maybe they they still might be there's still 12 games left tough schedule might win the the draft lottery, but on the surface, this is a, a team that uh, has really um, overachieved. And on one hand, it's it's a great thing, and I think uh, you know for the franchise, it, it really is a positive situation. And it really starts with with the head coach and, and the core players. And you mentioned you know since the trade deadline, you know there was so much talk going into the trade deadline of the players that the Coyotes would be losing several unrestricted free agents to be, as well as uh, Jacob Chikrin, who was not, but someone who, you know, had said that he wanted to be moved and the team was going to reciprocate and and move him. And it took a long time, obviously, but everybody knew it was coming. And when the trade deadline came and and went, five players, including Jacob Chikrin, uh, were no longer with the team on a a close-knit team as it was. And so they had a a game of mourning, so to speak. They they were beaten 6-1 at home by Carolina on the third uh, of March, but since then they've reeled off points in eight straight, and they know who's on the team now. And again, they they love playing for their coach and uh, you know for one another, and it's it's been fun to watch, really. Bob, along those lines, uh, I used to think Kyle Connor was the best kept secret in the National Hockey League outside of this market. Is Clayton Keller the best kept secret uh, in <laughs> Arizona right now with the season he's having? That's a great point, and and I think that uh, you know you're really onto something there. Obviously, Clayton Keller. High draft pick, uh, seventh overall in 2016, and, and broke into the league with a, a really good rookie season in 17-18. I think he was uh, third in the, in the Calder voting. But then kind of had a dip in his play for a few years. He was trying to figure it out. And then last year he again rebounded, had a, a strong season, and then suffered a horrific broken leg on March 30th against San Jose. And then the questions really – you know, entered in again, how would he respond from that? You know, would he be able to be the same player mentally and physically? Uh, I think we've all found out he's better. Uh, He worked really, really hard in the off season to get himself uh, back and physically ready to go. Um, I think that he also works, you know, with a mental coach because he went really hard into the boards and and broke uh, his femur last year. And that would really, you know, be a situation where it would rattle anybody, you know, and, and, and so I think both mentally and physically, he's worked really hard to get himself uh, at optimum uh, potential. And uh, he's reached it, having a career year, 75 points, 32 goals. He's, I think, now 21st overall in the NHL in scoring. And uh, since the All-Star break, he's uh, racked up 34 points in 20 games. And he's right up there with you know the McDavid's and the McKinnon's of the world in terms of, of scoring since the All-Star break. 
And so it's, it's really been a great thing for, for Clayton to come back the way he has. I would think that, uh, you know, he would be a strong contender, maybe even the favorite for the Masterton Trophy this year. Um, but he's really turned into a, a star for the Coyotes. What's your thoughts on, uh, on Arizona's play in net? It's been good. And, and maybe, you know, you could argue that that maybe is the reason why the Coyotes are not in the bottom three right now um, in the standings because of the fact that, you know, they've, they've had really good goaltending from Karel Vemelka and Connor Ingram, you know, a player that uh, had dominated at the American Hockey League level for the last few years in Milwaukee as part of Nashville's system. With Nashville's outstanding goaltending, wasn't really able to crack uh, the NHL roster until injuries put him in there late last season and, and in the playoffs against Colorado. Had some good games in that series, despite the fact that obviously the, the Avs swept the the Preds, and then this season, again, couldn't uh, make the, the top two in, in Nashville and was left uh, on waivers, and the Coyotes plucked him off and started slowly, really. But, boy, he's really come on and uh, since mid-December. He has a save percentage of 925. Now, the wins aren't impressive for both he or Vemelka, um, and, the, and the goals against aren't great, but save percentage for Vemelka over nine and, and for Ingram, as I mentioned, also over 90% and 925 since mid-December. So those two guys have played well, facing almost uh, you know 40 shots per game. They, they both have a lot of 40-plus uh, save performances this year, so they face a lot of shots, a lot of opportunities for the opposition. But they hold the Coyotes in there, and that's, like I said, maybe one of the main reasons why this team is, is as high as they are in the standings and, and also the reason why they have 11 – um, overtime or shootout losses. They they hang around and are able to to get ties and then uh, you know go to the extra time and get at least one point. And then young uh, Ivan Prozvatov has just been recalled from Tucson and and he's three and zero since he's come up. Um, you know, stopping a hundred out of one hundred and five shots in his three games. So goaltending has been a real plus for the Coyotes for sure. What are you expecting tonight with this Jets team and kind of the way the Coyotes have won four in a row and six, two and two and what the Jets are kind of facing with their plight? Uh, we've seen these two teams play and it's always very close. So what are you expecting tonight, Bob? You know, that's, that's hard to say. We, we heard Rick bonus. We know how desperate this uh, Jets team is and, and how uh, bones is trying to motivate them. And it was obviously a, a real disappointing loss for them on Sunday in St. Louis and, they're a team, obviously, that, that really needs this game tonight, leading Calgary by four points and Nashville by five, but the Preds have three games in hand. Coyotes traditionally have not done well in Winnipeg, as you guys well know. The games have been close lately, but uh, it's a situation where the Coyotes have, have not had success in Winnipeg, but who knows? This is a, a team this year that you know have exceeded expectations, and they fooled us every time. We, we think they're going to really go in the tank. They've been out, dominant on home ice. On the road, obviously not so much. Um, so who knows? Uh, I, again, I, I hate to keep hedging here, guys, but I, I really can't uh, say how this one will go tonight. I do believe the Coyotes will continue to, to play hard, and they'll be in this game. Jets really need it, so we'll see. Bob Heathouse, uh, Coyotes play-by-play man, joining us right now. Bob, always a, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for, for popping on the show. Appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bob. Have a great call. Awesome stuff, Bob. Such a great guy. Really appreciate uh, bringing him on the program here. The pregame gets going at 5. Uh, puck drop at 7 versus uh, the Arizona Coyotes tonight at uh, Canada Life Center. I, I can't get over the, the clip we played coming into the show with uh, with Rick Bonus. 
talking about the the conversation he had um, with the players today about um, about having body language and showing like you want to make the playoffs. I mean, we th- there's 11 games left in the season, Jim, and and this is the conversation you're having with players. I I well, I, look, I, Cam, this, I don't know what this. This goes back to, I mean, you can bench players. You can't bench. You shouldn't have to bench the players that got benched in Carolina at this point of the season. You should not have to bench Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Nito Niederreiter at this point of the season. No. You just shouldn't. And if anything, you should be looking to those individuals for a little something-something at this time of the year. Isn't this the time when you should be driving a little bit more, getting at, getting going? I mean, throwing some, it's, throwing again, some players it's on your back and driving. It's fascinating to watch. He the the other clip that I'm seeing the media report from the clip that we played, where he said the analytics take all that stuff aside. How hard you play the game and playing the right way every shift will dictate how badly you want it. He also admitted after that that he didn't see that in St. Louis. Yeah. I mean. It, I, I don't know how many more times we can sort of kick it around. It's on the players. It's on them. Let's take a break. Let's come back at 1230. There was also another dynamite clip uh, from Pierre-Luc Dubois from the pregame show. Him, uh, he he's clearly frustrated. And um, I want to make sure we play that coming up after uh, the one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Her news will uh, take you at 1230 as well. The Boston Pizza Sports Desk. Uh, Carrie Anderson taking on the top-ranked Switzerland rank uh, at the World Championships in uh, World Women's Curling Championships in Sweden. How did they do? Who were they taking on this afternoon? I'll have all that information for you to come. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Wow. Pulling out the... Uh, is this Taylor Swift? It is. Oh. I asked him to. I did? <laughs> I, well, I heard that things were getting heated in the newsroom. Are you making requests now? <laughs> They doesn't have to listen. Making a request for her own one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. You need to it. calm down. <laughs> you want to know? Everybody needs to calm yeah, down. It got heated, right? It did. I was busy doing my job, listening to clips to get ready you for the show. You were working really hard today. So I wasn't involved in what was going on, but it was going on around me, and I felt the tension. You could cut yeah. it with a knife. Yeah. There's some Taylor haters. Long story There's short. no hate. There's just facts. <laughs> so this came up. With Sarah and her colleague. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Because she's going to see them. Shall we name her? her? Oh, yes. Go for it. Tegan. Yes. Tegan. We love T-Swift. Yeah. T-what? Sorry. We lo- Oh, she's going to see her. Yeah. So yeah. she is a very big Taylor Swift fan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it came up with Randall, who's, I believe, <laughs> the man. I mean, Brent's our GM, but I think Randall's the guy running the show. Well, I've always thought it's that. kind of like that Sully and... Tony Soprano thing going. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and he, he had issue with some Swift songs about writing about the ex-boyfriends oh. all the time. Yeah. That's and so then Tegan came to me, because I'm the voice of <laughs> pop culture, obviously, and said, and, and I said, well, Tegan, I'll just say this. Self-proclaimed, yeah. After eight number one songs about mm-hmm. things not working out, <laughs> you might want to think, hey, Taylor, maybe it's me. But it is. She knows it is. Her new song, It's Me, Hi, I'm At least crowd. just part of the problem, that's all. <laughs> anyway, it took her a long time to get to that like, point. Like, don't write a ninth one. Just go, maybe it's a little bit me too. You know what song I do like? We are never getting back or together. Or me as well. I like yes. that song. I like that one. I like them all. I love Taylor. Taylor is the man, so. Is anyone trying to get back together with her? 
I don't know. Those are the questions <laughs> that need to be asked. Listen, like, we are never, ever getting looking, back together. Is somebody else writing, I'm not asking to... If you're looking for a sugar mama, there might not be any wow. anyone better out there. Are you... Would you step... Would Forche step up to bat here and take a swing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Taylor you, Swift? You got it, I would. Oh, <laughs> slow your roll. Is, is that even a question? <laughs> you're not calling Quest here. Just take <laughs> oh, it easy. It's a radio God. show. <laughs> All right. Ooh, it's getting hot in here. Happy birthday to Lisa Dutton and to Tegan. Tegan Who all love T Swift. Will be they all love T Swifty. We do. And will be joining them at her show in Vegas. So. Wow, I hope they have a great time. I wish and I this was. quite possibly, no disrespect, could have been the worst one minute <laughs> power play with Sarah McCarthy. Thanks, Sarah. Who's Thanks, going to the guys. game tonight? Yes. So it's guaranteed win night. Guaranteed win. Sarah uh, McCarthy goes, it's guaranteed yeah. win night. <laughs> full review tomorrow. Full review. Well, we'll get we'll get to all your thoughts on that, right? Enjoy we'll, the game. A full <laughs> recap, uh, full recap about 500 to 525 words. You can get that to me 10 minutes before the end of the game. We'll see what no I can No later do. than 10 minutes. We could parlay this into the body language clip from Rick Bonus and go at yeah. some point maybe you want to go yeah, maybe, if you, if maybe you, it's me. If you, maybe yeah. I can play better. That's right. If you want to hear that clip, make sure you download our podcast, Jets at Noon. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us uh, on uh, on Apple iTunes and all and all that good stuff and, and, and take a listen. I always put it on my website, campoitress.com. We put it on, on Twitter, Jim Toth retweets and stuff. There's lots of ways you can find it. Uh, so if you want to hear that clip again, and of course, I'm sure, I know, Kelly Moore, uh, very likely to be playing that one again during the pregame show because uh, it's a... Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things called a money clip. Another money clip, uh, this one from Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, who spoke about the team's mental game having to come first before the wins start to pile up. It's just a mindset. Like, if we go out there, like, you know, everybody now, we're, we're talking about scoring goals and everything. I mean, if we, if we go out and we play, we're the best team for the 11 next games, we're probably going to win most of them. And then we'll, we'll be in a good spot. You know, you you score goals because you play well. You don't score goals because of anything else. You score goals, you play well. And playing east, west, neutrals. I mean, you could look at it whatever way you want. We all know what good hockey is. We all know how to play good hockey. It's just a mindset now of are we willing to do it? And you know that's what these last eleven games are for. Pierre Luc Dubois. What a clip at this yeah. time of the year. Yep, that's. Um, and Nick Ehlers said that post game too, right? Like he said, when you're going through things and you you try to do something, he's talking about his fight with Shannon. It didn't work, and I won't do it again. But you just you you look for things, and you, um, like that's what's so bizarre about it, this it's, team. That's the perfect word for it, Jim. It's bizarre. What's like going 20, on is bizarre. 2017, 2018 Western Conference Final, 2019. I'll even give you 2020. And then you go, okay, you've been around, you've seen it. You're now men, not young men, developing. And it's just sort of like, and look, I get how it's hard to do night in, night out. And I get how, look, we're on a three, four game skid and we got to get back to, but this long and to have star players benched and and then to hear stuff like this, um, it's, I don't know when I've I've heard this before (laughs) at this point of the year from again, why people email me and tweet me and fair enough uh, why I think they're a good team. I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave saying this roster is a good team and a top 10 roster in the national hockey league, but they're not playing like it. And when I hear clips like this, it's like, it reminds me of Ole Okunin years ago and it was a Saturday and there was only on Saturdays, there wasn't a lot of media there. Mm-hmm. And it was myself for CGOB, Ed Tate, who was at the free press then 
And I think one other reporter was there. And Ed and I was in a scrum with Evander Kane talking about the slump they were in. And he said, he goes, well, I think we got to dumb it down. I think we're trying to do too much and just get back to basics and play, you know, dumb hockey and, and not try to try too much in the system and stuff. He leaves and Ed and I walk over to Ole Okunen, who just came in and has taken his skates off. And Ed said, he goes, hey, one of, you know, we're talking to your teammates. And one of them said, maybe you just need to simplify it. And I think the quote was dumb it down. And Ole stopped right there and looked up at us. And he said, who said that? And Ed was like, well, Evander just said it. And he shook his head and he goes, you know, there's four or five systems in hockey. That's it. It's not rocket science. You have a coach who puts in the one that's best suited for what you have as a team. And then you go out and you do it or you don't do it. It's nothing about dumbing down or simplifying or things like this. And he was annoyed. He's like, just play hard, play the game and play the way we're being coached. And this clip from Pierre-Luc Dubois reminds me of that. And that yeah. was, I don't know when Jokin and Kane were here. How many years ago was that? Jeez. Closing in on 10. But like they're in a funk. Like I, I'm I'm not, I'm trying, people reason why for like, well, this has been going on for two months. Why weren't you? Well, a month, five weeks, it happens. And, and, and things I get, Yeah, this is too long. This is, well, we're, we're, yeah, you're we're, a better we're, hockey we're pa- team than this. We're past it. We're past it being like Jim, most teams will have a bad month. I mean, or, or, or a, a three week stretch yeah. where things aren't working. Boston's Tampa, an elite Tampa's team had it. and they had two, th- Week-long bad week. Colorado dealt with a lot of injuries, but they struggled for a bit. But, the, but the they're Leafs elite, struggled. yes. And it yeah, ends. I'm, it doesn't yeah. go on. Like yeah. So my point to this is, if this was Chicago, Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, I could see this. I'm sorry to the fans who disagree with me. You're not going to convince me this is a bad team. Well, I, me neither. But they are playing bad. No, and I, if this happened to San Jose, Arizona, Columbus, I would say, well, that's a bad two-month run. But they, they don't have a lot of talent and skill and... This is a two-month run for a team that was in first place in the West at one point this year. So let's maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll put a positive spin on this, Jim. You hear that clip from Pierre Luc Dubois? I, I you know you hear that from the coach. I think that that it's that's not good if you're hearing from that that from the coach with 11 games left here in a team that's in the final playoff spot, four points clear. But you hear that from PLD. I mean, wouldn't you rather that? That'd be sort of the comment, then sort of this, we just got to keep, you know, we got to dig, we got to get pucks in, we got to, you know, put the puck on net, and you're just kind of like throwing that stuff out. We're getting yeah, some honesty. I, I think that's a great quote. Yeah. And the problem is, is that what we're doing right now happens, and that's why they don't say stuff like that. Yeah. It's because we're hammering it home like, yeah, it's and, and we're talking about it, and it's great fodder and everything else, but the reason I like it isn't because it gives us stuff to talk about. I love it because that's what's going on. Yeah. And they're not skirting away from the issue, and they're not, you know, hiding from the fact that they're, and say, well, we just got to get more pucks deep, or we just got to, you know, he's like, to score goals, you have to, I've always said this, and it, it comes up when people laugh at, oh, well, so-and-so's only got 50 points, but Scoring in the National Hockey League is the hardest thing to do in the National Hockey League. It is the hardest thing to do. So when we make fun of somebody who only has 43 points and they used to have 80, Mm -hmm. it's the hardest thing to do, in my opinion, in the National Hockey League is to score goals. So that's why I say you can have a two- to three-week lull or this or that, but this power play, the way they're playing. But again, the reason why it's interesting is because what are they going to come out with tonight? And it's as Mm. simple as this, Cam. I'll start with this one phrase. 
Pick up your man. Yeah. Pick up your man. It's grade four hockey. If you don't have the puck and you're defending, who do you have? If you get the puck, where are you supposed to be to get it out of your end along the boards? Don't exit the zone. These, but, these aren't, but these I, aren't I, reinvented systems, Jim. I, That's what I you're get trying it. to like, say. I, I get, you know, a couple weeks, ah, oh, long travel, and I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, I, did, I, I exited the zone too early there. That happens. I'm not harping on that. But it shouldn't happen at this time of the year, and it shouldn't be happening with the players we're getting. And if it happened once, I would say I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, yeah, well, next game he's got to be there. But when it happens twice in three games, and you've been in the league seven years, where are you supposed to be? And, and especially when you've seen it earlier in the year, that that's that's the thing. And all of a sudden it creeps into the game. You know, and it, here's the thing, Jim, and, and you know, we're, we're hearing from some fans and stuff like that, and, and that's fine. I love hearing from you guys. Money Puck, and I know that these guys had like the Jets at like 98.9% making the playoffs, but MoneyPuck.com has the Winnipeg Jets still making the playoffs at 75.7%. So They're going to make the playoffs. It, it, it's, it's very likely. I mean, there's no guarantees. There's Nothing's no for guarantees, certain, but the Winnipeg Jets have a very good chance of still making the post the postseason. They might fall them fall backwards into it, but it's very likely that these guys are going to make the playoffs. Well, the fall I get to me the term falling backwards comes from how you're playing at the time you get in. It doesn't come from the reason they're going to get in. They're not going to fall backwards is because they played great hockey for three months. Yep. That's the reason they're going to get in. I understand the term comes into the fact that they're not playing and they're just going to barely make it fall back in, but there's a reason why they're going to make it. Yeah. And that's, and I, I'm because they were a first place team in the I'm Western of the conference. belief that you have to be playing well going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. With so that. you can't be playing like you did in St. Louis. I say you even have to play a little bit better than you did in Nashville. Tonight's Arizona. Then they go to Anaheim. Then they got LA. Then they got San Jose. I mean, they're going to win. I would expect after what we're hearing today, I would expect you're going to win tonight. Well, they, Jim, let's just. They're going to beat Anaheim, let, I would think. Let's and fast forward, fast forward LA's to nine thirty. going to be tough. I don't know if they can beat LA, but nine thirty, nine forty-five tonight. Okay, they need to come out with it. They got to come out gangbusters. If your coach is calling you, calling you out in the beginning of the in in before the game, and saying you have to go out there and have the body language of winners and guys that are hungry to make the playoffs and want a chance to to lift the Stanley Cup at the end, to have that to have that opportunity that only half the league gets half the players in the league get. You have to have the body language. You have to show that you want to do it. If your coach says that heading into a game on a game day, heading into a game and you're not out there and you're not putting together a 60 minute effort because you, you, a coach doesn't say that if he's not looking to get you guys fired up saying, get, get, here's a fire under your butts. Get, yeah. get rolling here. And see, and I don't even look at it. Like a lot of people say they've given up the first goal, five straight games and you're going to get scored on. I don't care and about I, that. I, I hear, you got to respond. It's got to be 60 minutes. And I you hear, give up the first two goals. Who cares? And I, Keep yes, at it. This is my point. And, you, and I hear that you, they give up a goal in the first five minutes of a game. They're going to get scored on, whether it's the first five minutes or the last five minutes of the period or the second period. Yep. The problem is, is how you're getting scored on. And that's why I get back to it. To me, it doesn't matter if it's the first four minutes or the last four minutes. Pick up your man. You're not going to get him. 10 times out of 10, but you better pick them up nine times out of 10. You better not exit the zone. Like just play the right way. The whole conversation we talked about last game from St. Louis, the post game was the process. The process is in place and you've shown you can do it. You have to get back to doing it. And that's why the Pierre-Luc Dubois thing is interesting. Like 
we know how to score goals. And he's not talking about picking the top corner or making a spin move and a two-on-one. He's talking about putting the work in to get you to places where goals are scored. Yeah, exactly. Here's the here's what the lineup looked like in the pregame skate. This is interesting. Connor Shifley and Ryder is still sticking together. I, I I just think the coach is thinking I'm gonna I'm putting faith in you guys. The guy's got to keep going out there. I I think that's why he's sticking. Look, I think he believes in this team. Yeah, and I I think he's had some harsh words over the past few months, but he he's also going. Like I think he's a little back and forth of I'm. This is hard to keep telling you guys the same thing. Like yeah. it's I'm kind of at a point where what do you need from me to get you guys to play like you did? Connor Shifley, Niederreiter on the top line, followed by Ehlers, Dubois, and Wheeler. Uh, Nemesnikov, Lowry, and Appleton on the third line. Uh, Morgan Barron, Kevin Stenland, uh, Sacramento Linen on the fourth line. Uh, Morrissey and DeMello, uh, Dylan and Pionk, Sandberg and Schmidt. Uh, Hellebach uh, is going to be starting in that today. Uh, they were working on some power play stuff. Uh, 62, Niederreiter, he's going to be back on the power play. Um, uh, Blake Wheeler will be moved to the second unit, as well as Nick Ehlers. Uh, after that, uh, just didn't work out against uh, against against the Blues here. So the, the power play units will look Morrissey, Niederreiter, Dubois, Connor, Shifley, and then uh, the second unit power play: Schmidt, Pionk, uh, Ehlers, Wheeler, and uh, Nemesnikov. So um, this is a this is an interesting question. We we got to take a break here, but and in my opinion, quickly, none yeah. of that matters unless there's the effort there. Yeah, it doesn't unless it's the work, the system. Yeah. You're helping each other. You believe in each other. You're covering each other. The lineup to me, like people are like, play Ehlers more. Others are like, knock Ehlers down. Other people are saying, bench this Wheeler or yeah. move this. And I'm just like, put the lineup together where you want. It has to start with the urgency of, of the situation that you want to start winning hockey games. R. Kelly Moore here on 680 CGOB spoke to Kyle Connor before the game. He asked him a question, scoring first or getting the power play going? What's more important? We'll discuss that after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. In terms of getting scored on first or or the power play, which one needs to be solved so you guys can get back to having the success that you want to have over these last 11 games? Uh, yeah, I mean, in that scenario, I would say getting scored on first. Um, power play, it's one of those that it wants to get you momentum, but at the end of the day, you know, if you're not scoring, you can still win games. Well, wow. in the text or text the show, uh, 204-780-6868. Got a bunch of texts again. Like, really appreciate everybody. I can't I can't get to everybody. I wish I could. But we're just getting so flooded with so many today here. But this texture says, score the first goal so you can play your game. Well, the Winnipeg Jets are going to not score the first goal over the last 11 here. But it, it's it's about what they're going to, what they do after that goal. Sure, I, I'm 100% on board with the Winnipeg Jets scoring first. I think they need to just to get a good feeling, just to get some confidence going with them. Yeah, but, but listen, but it shouldn't it shouldn't make any difference in how you approach the rest of the game. Yes, I agree. I, I look, I'm all for it too. You score the first goal, you win the first period, you game, you move. I get all that, but it shouldn't be with this lineup the detriment that once you score the first goal, that like in St. Louis, it was just absolute deflation. So, um, but like. It, I, I'm not like they're they're a battered team, right? They're going through some stuff. They're, and they can't, they're, they're going through and, some and stuff. And it was okay for three weeks, and I yeah. had no problem with it. They're going through and some now stuff. it's been like two months, and it's like somebody's got to help them pull themselves out of this. Somebody's got to, and you know what? A win could do it. Like this is 
this is what I'm I, – I, every time you sort of see something good from this team and then they, they have the St. Louis game or, yeah. you know, and, and that's, I think, the, the frustrating part is is win tonight, win on Thursday, have a game in L.A., get, get something going over the last three weeks so you can sort of hang your hat on and go, look, we didn't win every game and we lost three, but one was in overtime and two we battled hard and – confident body language is also not about like just moping and being down and all that body language is also like it, it's put a pep in your step and have some have some confidence when you hit the ice every shift yeah go out and hit somebody and be fast and be quick that's body language too right yeah jets fan uh big jets fan pete text the show i just want to end on this one hey jim and cam i'm hoping sunday's game against st louis was a wake-up call for the jets i'm just wondering did the Jets' woes begin around the same time when Perfetti got injured? Because it seems to me that uh, they've been having problems since then. I wonder if there's some chemistry that the team lost. Because lately it seems like, to me, they don't seem to care if they win or lose. Got to say, I like your program. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Pete. I think it started when they got healthy. They're, I think when everybody returned and it just, like I, there look, was, there was a, we don't, I, we don't need I to don't go know, 10. I don't think, like I, Kyle Connor looks injured or banged up to me. I can't imagine what Nick Ehlers is going through with that injury and surgery. And then I cannot even fathom what Blake Wheeler's playing with. Yeah. With that issue in the groin. So I, I but that's, I'm not defending that, that you can yeah. still play through that. But to me, it, it's just, it's a team that when everything came back, it's got a little swagger in it and, and maybe too much of a swagger. Pre-game at five, puck drop at seven. Jim Toth will take you all the way until three o'clock. Jets, Arizona Coyotes. Right here on 680 CGB. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.